Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Bell the Bell with Bobby Blaze. I'm your host, Professor Jeremy Vilmer. Joining us now, Arn Anderson's favorite enhancement talent, Double B, Bobby Blaze. Hello, Professor. Hello, all you good wrestling fans out there listening and tuning in today. We appreciate it very much. It's me, Double B, Bobby Blaze, and we're going to have some fun today, my man. Oh yeah, yes, we are. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Bobby, I'm having kind of a weird week. I, you know, I I live on the third floor of this apartment building, right? Okay. And I keep finding this fucking frog on my balcony. I don't know where oh, he's shit. coming from. I keep finding this damn frog out there. So I was like looking around to see what kind of frog he might be, and I came down with two possible options, right? Just like a regular okay. like, frog and a horny toad. But I couldn't figure out which one he was, and then I found out. Do you know the difference between a frog and a horny toad? I do not, and I've seen a few frogs in my day. Yeah, well, a frog, you can tell by their sound, because they say ribbit, ribbit, and a horny toad says rubbit, rubbit. Good, good God, googly, godly, googly, sheesh. Was <laughs> that a dad joke or something? That's a gobbly goobler joke or something, man. Uh, yeah, what I is- got that. I got that right out of the uh, the bad dad jokes book right there. Okay, man. Yeah. So rub it, rub it, uh, man. Rub it 10 more times. <laughs> I'll pay you a quarter and 20 minutes to quit. <laughs> uh, you know, hold it in your mouth till the swelling goes down. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Oh Lord. Uh, Professor. My yes. goodness, man. Well, this week on a show, <laughs> we weren't going to do dick jokes, I didn't think, but we'd have enough of them in there. But yeah, we're going to do animals in pro wrestling or maybe animals that are podcasters. I don't know. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Something like that, man. All right. Well, hey, hope you're still with us, listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, So real briefly, let's just do some house cleaning here. Um, I watched uh, the dark side of the ring. I'm not going to do a full review of it this week um, like we did on Bruiser Bedlam, which um, you just told me before we went on air. That's done quite well for our listeners. Um, If you haven't listened... Uh, go back and listen to last week's episode, uh, but apparently most of you all already have, and we appreciate that. So uh, get it out there for us. Um, this week was uh, Luna Vachon. I think it's the many faces of Luna Vachon. Um, real name, Gertrude. And I was going to do a Gertrude joke because that's my grandmother's name, one of my grandmothers, but I won't won't make fun of the names. But um, what I noticed was uh, I, I knew a lot of people involved that had met her and been around her. Some of the people interviewed, obviously, Dave Heath or her husband and uh, I saw Penelope Paradise. I hadn't seen her for a long time. Girl down Florida used to wrestle everywhere down there. Um, they made mention of Tom Nash, and I'll just leave that at that because he didn't want to be interviewed. Um, and then, um, you know, just um, I got to meet Luna a couple of times. I saw her in Tampa uh, wrestle one time at the um, uh, old sportatorium there. And then uh, in, when I was in WCW, her and Dave um, – I think they was working in New York. I don't know if they were on contract, but you know he was Gangrel and, yeah. and she was doing her thing. And uh, they come up to uh, to Orlando, or they may have been just you know in, in the area and knew we was taping for Universal. And they come by and spoke to all the Florida guys, and that's some of the guys I was talking to at that time. And of course, I knew Dave, uh, you know, way back when. 
when some of this stuff starts taking place. They talk about the training on there. And then, of course, they, you know, go on about her, her career and stuff. Um, it looked really, really interesting. Um, like I said, it's, um, I skipped through this a little bit. I, I did know some of the people involved and involved in her life and stuff. And, you know, um, it's, it's tragic, of course, because it's the dark side of the ring. You know, we tried to make ours fun last week, and I think we did. But um, anyway, if you get a chance to uh, catch it, it's going to be one of the sadder ones, I think. Uh, you know, kind of just uh, – uh, Again, that's why it's the dark side. I just wanted to point out that yeah. I did. I knew several people that they did interviews with, and you know, um, people's names resurfaced and things like that. And that's always interested, interesting to me um, to see some people that you knew. Um, and I hope they're all doing well. Um, you know, uh, maybe one day they'll get me on a dark side, and I'll have to lend my talent to someone's life or something. But you know what? I will hold my breath to that day because I'm I'm not really interested in doing, doing it to be quite honest with you. You know what I'm saying? Like if they got a hold of me for something, I'd have to have some real knowledge about it and turn it into something, turn my voice into something you know very powerful for that particular episode. If I was ever asked to do so, yeah. But uh, dealing in the dark side, Jeremy, I don't know that I really want to be involved. You know what? Honestly, uh, sometimes Bobby, it's hard enough for me to watch. <laughs> I was, Bobby, I I have trouble. Look, I've known you for. Four, four years now, I think. Four years, yes, sir. Yeah, and I have rarely heard you say a bad word about anybody, even if it was just saying what actually happened. So I don't, I don't think that's. I don't think you're really cut out for the dark side of the ring. I don't think. No, that's no. Yeah. I figure. I figure it's may, most people that that get shit spoken about them and talked about and this that they're getting it from other people whether it be reliable resource or not whether whether it's the truth or not but i just you know it's just like i did my first book there i didn't want to go and shit on anyone you know mm-hmm. if i knew who was doing the drugs or who was cheating you know what it's not my fucking point to uh, i'm not my brother's keeper you know if it's not affecting me in my life um i just i just you know it's not my business and it certainly wasn't my business to go and say oh you know and so and so where they're doing this or you know that's just um yeah that's 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 just not my style yeah um and, and besides that um you know uh i won't get all spiritual or biblical or anything like that. i'm just saying uh let he who lives in a glass house throw the first stone man i i got a lot of shit on me that uh okay. you know i don't need coming out. i mean i'm not nothing but i'm just saying i don't you know i'm, I'm not gonna say anything about someone uh you know maybe when i say so and so sucks or something like that or uh, but yeah, there's no need for that. Cause I don't want fucking people, you know, getting out my stuff. Uh, it's hard enough just to merely exist on the planet. Jeremy, about people having to smear your name through a, a muddy campaign or something, or something that happened 20 fucking years ago or whatever, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not cut out for that. Um, I know a couple podcasts that I'm not cut out for that I don't do. Um, and one of them because I'm a cornet guy, you know, and, uh, I just flat out said, you know, I'm not going to go on some show that, you know, they don't get along cornet. Um, that's, that's their beef. That's not my beef, but also I know I'm not going to let them badmouth my buddy. Well, not buddy, but you know, uh, no, a work associate or, um, you know, former employee, employer rather, um, you know, if if they don't get along with them, that's fine. But you you can conduct an interview uh, possibly without bringing it up if you're a professional. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, just because you don't like the other person. Well, I work for the person. I have nothing bad to say about him. Uh, if you don't want me to mention him, I probably won't be on your podcast. You know, 
probably one of the few I've turned down too. Yeah. Uh, well, just, you know, you know that's, that's that wanted, thing where you got to kind of know as, as a podcaster, you got to know who you're inviting on. Yeah. 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 And, and it was a nice invitation, but they asked me and I said, no, I'm one of, um, you know, this, this would be my stand and you know, um, I don't have anything bad to say. And if you said something, uh, it would probably be an awkward conversation. I don't think we're a good match. And pretty much that was in a conversation, you know, um, some DMs and stuff like, okay, we're good. I had no hard feelings. I still watch some of the stuff they put up on YouTube, uh, the, the person I'm concerning. Um, just, just, um, I'll, I'll never appear on that show, you know? <laughs> well, that's totally uh, fair. Yeah. Yeah. It's fair to both of us. And more importantly, it's fair to the listening audience. If, you know, you get on there. If I told some bullshit stuff, you know, or try to have an argument back and forth with someone trying to change my view on, on someone, um, yeah, I don't think it'd make for a good podcast. No, and you know, here, anyway, here's, here's the other thing: think about the guys who listen to our show, and if you tried to pull off telling some bullshit story in front of that kind of audience, it would never, yeah, never work. And absolutely, you'd never hear the end of it. Yeah, wow. rightfully so, because yeah. we've got a good listening audience, and they know pretty much, man, on this show here, we don't bullshit around. We we stated early on we weren't going to shit on other people. We've done that to about 99% of the time. We've not even given the opportunity. We've kind of we've had to back off a second, a hot second or two on something. But um, we've not intentionally went out there spreading vicious rumors or uh even if something's come up, we've said, well, let us look into this, you know, get with us, hit us up on our Twitter, you know, or whatever it is. So, um, yeah, I think it'd be a tough sell if they, if they say, yeah, Bobby, I heard you on another podcast and it's completely contradictory to what you tell us on your podcast yeah. or that we've heard on other podcasts in the past, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. You're right, man. Good point. Yeah. Good points. What else, man? Well, let's see um, here. Um, so you've got uh, November six is quickly approaching here. Let's yes, it is, man. Catch us up on what's going on there. Yeah, I've got a couple new announcements. Um, yeah, November sixth, Ashland, Kentucky. It's the uh, Bluegrass Con. It's a um, first time in Ashland. They hope to turn this into an annual event. And I think it'll be largely based off of the first one, of course. So we're really looking for a good turnout. It's from noon until 6 p.m., as the professor mentioned, on November 6th. Um, it's former WWF stars and up-and-coming local wrestlers. Um, I heard the uh, Art of Grappling champion, uh, Brock's Boulder, is going to be appearing now since he's the champion for that organization. Um, FTC is one of the big sponsors, as is the Time Warp, one of our sponsors. But uh, we've got the Godfather coming in, uh, Billy Gunn, Billy Badass Gunn, Coco Beware, Lex Luger, Gail Kim, myself, and Magnum TA. I mentioned last week, uh, Jillian has now, Jillian Hall is going to be there, WWE Diva, she signed. I mentioned um, Rhino and Jimmy Hart. Now, I know a couple more that are coming that I cannot state because they're under contract with another company and they have to be verified through the Time Warp or um, Earl at the Time Warp to make sure I can announce them. But this one, I can't announce. This is the latest edition that's going to be there, folks. Uh, it was Alistair. Now it's uh, 
Ma- how you say it? Ma- Malachi. Malachi Black. Malachi Black is going to be there. And they could not announce that to this past Monday evening after a certain hour. They wanted to make sure that contract was announced. And I had permission as of Thursday evening to um, to put that out on a podcast. So um, I hear he's a real hot property right now. I saw him wrestle. uh Several years ago, um, I was telling Jeremy off the year, I can't remember who it was, but as Alistair Black, and I was very, very impressed with him. And, um, you know, I hear he's making waves down there in AEW. So it's Malachi, excuse me, from about messing up the guy's name, Black. And um, Jeremy, what's his wife's name? I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, uh, Zelina Vega. Yes, well, I think she's going to be there as well, um, from my understanding, from what I heard. So anyway, November 6th, brought to you by the Time Warp and FTC. If you're in Ashland, um, of course, this podcast goes worldwide. Uh, we have some fine hotels here, um, and we have some nice ones. Um, just to let you know, some decent restaurants. Come, spend some time, spend all day at this. I think there's some local shows going to be there within an hour, hour and a half drive. You'd leave here and be plenty of time to make an evening show somewhere. But it's at the um, – I've had several people ask me this week, um, and it is right downtown Ashland. It's at the uh, – Kentucky Highlands Museum, and people were asking me, was it at the uh, a couple other places? But uh, they've apparently rented the entire fourth floor. It's a large building. It used to be many years ago a uh, a big department store. So uh, if I recall how big those floors are, uh, there's 25 vendor tables, and with all the wrestlers coming now, man, it should be a really, really good, really good gig, man. I'm looking forward to it. Um, Again, there'll be several other, you know, up and coming uh, stars um, that uh, are in training right now. They'll be there assisting and helping with all the wrestlers. Each person be assigned a table. So uh, it's it's just going to be a really big deal, man. It's looking real good, looking real good. And also heard on Tuesday that the uh, I'm sorry Thursday I heard that the advanced ticket sales are are picking right up, and that's always a good thing. Um, you can get them. Um, at the time warp in Ashland. And um, I don't have the in front of me, Jeremy, where you can also get them out online. I will try to get that next week um, before we go in the air. That way we'll have it for you to the show. But there is an online location you can purchase those as well. So, uh, right yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Jimmy Hart because um, he's always just, man, the guy's nonstop. Um, looking forward to seeing Stan Hansen again. I've only met Magnum one time down in Charlotte at a Carolina's Memory Tour. I'm looking forward to going up and shaking his hand and talk to him for a, hopefully talk to him for a few minutes. And hopefully if all these people I mentioned, um, Earl, we got two tables down there and I'm going to have one for my gimmick table and we'll have a podcast, Jeremy. So yes. we'll have a computer set up. I've got, uh, arranged it so far and I've got two laptops, two headsets and two microphones and, um, got someone's going to be working with. With me there at the table uh, when she's not busy doing some other stuff. And between um, a couple other people and myself, we should be able to round up a few people, um, get them to stop by the booth for, you know, five or ten minutes. And I'll talk to them or have previously spoken with them and say, hey, this is the good professor on the other end. It's the bell to bell Bobby Blaze. And, Jeremy, you can be prepared to uh, do what you do, man. Interview, talk, listen, and we'll put that together for a future podcast. Well, so, yeah, that all sounds yes, great. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. 
Um, speaking of time warp, Jeremy, why don't we go ahead and drop a time warp spot in there right now if you don't care? Hey, video gamers, sports fans, and nostalgia enthusiasts, this is Bobby Blaze. Are you ready for a time warp? Time Warp is a brick-and-mortar hobby shop with a high selection of everything sports, gaming, and collectibles right in downtown Ashland in two locations at the Ashland Town Center. They've got vintage toys, sport cards, and collectibles. Tons of wrestling merch. It's the largest selection of memorabilia in the tri-state. Time Warp also has an extensive inventory of vintage and current video games and consoles. It's a 100% must-visit for retro gamers. Time Warp buys your collectibles daily and are open seven days a week, 365 days a year. They're only closed on Christmas and Thanksgiving. Check out their Facebook page at Time Warp Ashland. All right, everybody. So, uh, you know, there you go. Go check out the Time Warp if you're in the Ashland area or L.A., yes, as Bobby likes to call it. That's right, buddy. And we're going to go into our... Animals in pro wrestling, and this is the most this is the most appropriate place to, place to put this one at is because the two fellers that done this gimmick were from Ashland, Kentucky, my hometown. I grew up listening and hearing about stories about these two guys. They were known as the Scuffling Hillbillies, and as I got older, I got to know Rip Collins and uh, Chuck Conley. And they were the Scuffin' Hillbillies, and they sold out Madison Square Garden way back in 1962, about four times in a row, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. And you can fact check that, yep. And um, they weren't the animals, even though it was barefooted and had their bibbed overalls on, their straw hat and uh, straw in their teeth, you know. Um, they ran around with the... With a possum, Jeremy. That was their dimmit. And they had the uh, the hillbilly stomp, man. But they brought a possum to the ring. So the first animal we're going to talk about coming to the wrestling ring is a possum. What do you think about that? Um, I think, <laughs> so opossums, I think, are nasty little critters. And they weird. See, my great grandmother was was oaky as hell. You know, even when she lived here in California, it was getting to be a little old lady. She'd go shoot a possum out of a tree and cook the damn thing. And, ah. and when I realized that there was shit cooking that had thumbs, I was just grossed out. <laughs> I, you know, I, I've run into, when I lived in the Santa Cruz area, you know, there's a lot of wild animals in the hills there. And you'll find like possums in your garbage cans and shit. And you realize like they got these weird red eyes and they hiss at you. Yep. And they're way fucking bigger than you think they are. Like, yes, they way are way bigger. Yeah, I'm not a fan of those damn things. I don't know that I'd be a fan of anybody who wanted to carry one around. They're nasty yeah. critters. Well, I saw two here recently in my neighborhood, and they both were dead out there. They just roadkill. Um, I've heard tale of um, from my stepdad growing up. You know, he ate it as a little boy way out there in the country where he grew up to go out and get a possum. And, um you know, he just to me, I'd have no desire. I think I was about 10 years old and they had one out in a uh, metal uh, wash tub basin type thing. They were going to eat later on. That was at one of my uncle's house. I never had a desire to eat a damn possum. Um, but I guess the scuffing hillbillies, they had one that had, they could put on a little leash and they had trained it. And I guess they had rubbed a little gimmick. I think they told me, I think Chuck told me it's bacon grease on the opponent's boots. Um, and they would, you know, the possum, of course, go chase that smell, trying to lick that smell, you know, 
and uh, you know, make a gimmick out of it. Yeah, yeah obviously got over pretty good with them. Put on a show. Excuse me, that damn Ben Hillbillies, you know. Um, but yeah, I'm not a fan of the opossum or the possum. Just Either so you one. know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think the the possum is the one is the version they have in Australia, and the opossum is the one we have here in North America. I think, and that. I think you're correct, and I appreciate you checking that out for us. Yeah, and and so. I, they're both nasty little fuckers, and <laughs> yeah. they're one of very few marsupial animals in North America, though, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, I um, I've got them in my neighborhood. Um, I think they're everywhere. Um, hell, when I lived in Florida, we had raccoons, possums, not. Snakes, gators, we had it all when I lived down there. I lived out in the woods at one point. When I first moved to Florida, I actually lived out outside of Orlando, a place called Longwood, and we was out there on the Wakaba River. And hell, we had possums and raccoons and, like I said, snakes and gators, uh, all kinds of shit, you know, talking about animals and stuff. But uh, um, when I moved to a Tampa, not so much. And then uh, Baltimore just had big rats. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure if I looked, I'd have found a possum, but I wasn't trying to look because the rats were big enough there. But here in Kentucky, where I'm at, man, we, I guarantee it right now, I know we're two dead possum rats, like I said, that I passed just in two different directions, they two different streets, both of them about a half a mile apart. Um, one running east and west and the other one north and south and there's dead possum in them so they go all directions you know and that was with them about a half mile of my house but um yeah fuck them possums yeah. but uh the hillbillies were over so we'll we'll keep that number 10 the possum yeah, uh, see, I, and move on to number nine well, as i was reading about the scuff and hillbillies i, I saw the ashland kentucky shit these are probably bobby's cousins and that's kind of where I got stuck. <laughs> there you go. Well, could have been. But, you know, I know, uh, you know, I went to school uh, with Chuck Conley's children. Um, he had three boys, and uh, one of them was actually my age. Uh, Chuck passed away several years back. Um, I had a picture of him myself. I had visited him in a nursing home uh, towards the later part of his life. The latter part of his life, I, uh, I'd visit him every couple. Um, Chuck and I become friends. Uh, Rip died in, in 93. I met Rip when I was trying to break into business. Um, he ran a, at one point, he ran a school here uh, way back, back when, just a small thing that they had on a little local TV. And of course, I was way too young then. But um, I used to see Rip, he had a flea market, is what I was going to say. And I'd see him there and he'd tell all the little stories. But uh, Chuck, um, Chuck and I become friends later in life. Uh, my brother, he come to our shows. We actually had used him on a couple shows um, at the Armory here. Always introduced them, you know, to the crowd and make them feel good, uh, deservingly so. And um, we, uh, one of the funniest things he done one time, uh, I was out there. And I was going to wrestle the Stroh, who had Classy Roy Bass as his manager. And Chuck was going to be in my corner that night. And the way we set it up, Chuck was on a, a crutch on one arm, just on one arm on a crutch. And <laughs> i never forget it, man, the way uh, we set it up. I was talking on the microphone, and Roy Bass comes over and grabs it and starts taunting Chuck with it. And Chuck makes a step. And when he does, Bass kicked that damn crutch from out of him and... Chuck was about 
60, 62 at the time or something. Dude, he took a picture-perfect bump right on a fucking wooden God. floor where the, the the National Guard Army had this really nice wooden floor. Chuck, he kicked the trash out from under. Chuck took a fucking bump, man. And, uh, man, he, I helped him up, you know, like I had to help him up. That's, you know, supposed to be the hometown, you know, my hero at the time, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, going to be in my corner. And uh, <laughs> Chuck, always a family-friendly show, you know. And here's Chuck. Like I say, probably about six. If I recall, and he grabbed a microphone, he goes, Let me tell you something, you little bastard. <laughs> and the place popped big time, man. And uh, he said, My man Bobby Blaze here tonight, you know. And so, yeah, uh, but anyway, um, so I and Chuck's, uh, excuse me, Chuck's children are, have, have been deceased. Uh, they all passed away. Uh, but I do know. Um, uh, Rip's sons. Uh, I got to know Frank, which is his oldest one, but not very well. But he has a son named Tony, and I played ball with Tony all through uh, school and stuff. And I still see him around town, so I still see some of the you know relatives of these guys. But but I don't think we're cousins, Jeremy. Just so you well, know, you know. <laughs> I've heard I've heard stories about Kentucky. I just thought it was worth a gamble, you know. Well, they make good practice, you know. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's the rumor <laughs> I've heard. <laughs> Okay. All right. Uh, let's let's on. move on now, please. <laughs> let's go on. Before we talk two. ourselves into a shoot. <laughs> oh, never That's going to be pretty pretty God. one. God. Yeah. Oh, okay. All so, right, man. We're going to talk about the British Bulldogs and their puppy, Matilda. All right. And Let she, us know of about course, it. was an English Bulldog, and she was a big sweetie. Yes, she was. And um, I have to imagine she pooped everywhere and because that's what they do. Um, but for a period of time in the 1980s, Vince McMahon was convinced that everybody needed a mascot. Mm-hmm. And so they started bringing out Matilda. And if you know anything about English Bulldogs, they're kind of like trying to walk a fire plug about 90% of the time. They're short, <laughs> they're heavy. They want to go the direction they want to go. And if you run into one in the middle of the night, it's just like tripping over a coffee table. Bobby, you got any memories of Matilda the Bulldog? Um, you know, I've done some shows there uh, early on. Uh, let's see, what was that, 90, 91? I can't remember. Anyway, yeah, just um, hearsay stories, you know. Um, sadly, I heard stories about him, I guess, you know, trying to abuse that dog. I don't know. Never saw anything, and I hope that's not the case because I can't stand anyone to be mean to a dog um, or even kitten cats stuff like that but uh i don't know man um i just uh remember the dog being the gimmick you know in the late 80s there and i think i said i did it in 91 i think davy was still there i'm not sure if dynamite was so i don't really know if the dog was there when i was there apparently and if i saw her i forgot her you yeah, know there was apparently a second dog um it had a boy's Arno. name yeah it was something like you would name a butler in a comic book or yeah something like that. Yeah, but apparently but, there was um, a second dog. But Matilda's the one I remembered. So. Yeah, that's the one I remembered too. Yeah, and that's mostly from TV. Like I said, you know, because they brought her every TV taping, and why wouldn't you? You know, that's the whole idea of getting your gimmick over. Exactly. So, exactly. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that that that's um, and I would say a lot of people, um, as we went through, as we go through our list, that'll be most people say, "Oh yeah, I remember that that bulldog." Didn't someone have a bulldog, you know, or something mm-hmm. like that? But of course, that was also because how popular the British Bulldogs were, you know. Oh, they were huge. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just, we had them on our tag team list. Yeah. They were way up there on that uh, in our top ten on that. I think they finished in the top 
three or four, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think it, we had them right up there after Rock and Roll Express and the Midnight Express. Yeah, they were just, uh, on our they, list. Yeah, they were they were just an exciting team to watch because their their speed and technical proficiency combined with their power just made them unlike anybody else that was out there. They yeah. Just, you know, and, yep. And, and then you, you get that plotting bulldog next to him, this this graceless, slobbering <laughs> fucking animal. It's just kind of a funny yeah. juxtaposition, but yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. Okay, what well, number? Cute, so, you know. Oh, okay. Well, they are. Uh, this next one here, man. Uh, Coco Beware and Frankie the Bird. I'll be seeing them November 6th. Now, there's no guarantee that Frankie will be there, uh, but they're saying Coco Ware will be there November 6th. But uh, what was the mascot he had? I'm just saying a bird. Won't you uh, smart well, me up to what a, kind of bird it was? Blue and gold macaw is what it was. Okay. Um, which are really, I mean, if, if you like birds, they're a really beautiful bird. They're a larger, the larger mm-hmm. one. Um, they're from South America. I believe they're part of the parrot family, but don't quote me on that. If you actually know biology, I may be off. Um, gotcha. They, they can live. Okay. 60 to 80 years, I think. Wow. So there's so a, a chance I might see Frankie. There's, well, was, that's what I was going to say. You know, it was only 40 years ago. So there's a real yeah. good chance that bird might still be alive. Um, I believe I, they can learn to speak. Um, but they're one of those just easy to train. Uh, they've been part, you know, trainable and part of the pet pet sphere for a long time. And yeah. it was just kind of a cool thing for, I don't know how you get Coco beware and go to bird, but yeah. it was kind of a cool gimmick for him to have. Come it was, it was, and he come out and he'd flap and do the arms and I, and I did meet Frankie. Um, Bobby Fort used to do a show every summer up in Columbus, Ohio, uh, for the Jenkins Parsons businessman association. And it was a uh, funny how I remember that, but it was a big show downtown, um, outdoor show and he had booked Coco one summer and um, he had the bird with him then you know of course not a lot of time to talk uh, as July is hot we you know was in a big tent and stuff but um, so I didn't go up and talk to the bird you know I did speak to Coco for a half a hot second there but yeah I didn't get to speak to Frankie very much uh, have you ever been around anyone that owns any birds oh yeah yeah actually um, um, I've yeah, owned birds yeah. my dad used to own birds okay yeah Cool, cool. Yeah, I'm just curious. I feed I, I feed birds every day uh, in my yard. I've got a couple feeders set up. Um, my favorite bird is the cardinal, Jeremy. That's our state bird here oh, yeah. in uh, Kentucky. And um, I got some uh, different seeds earlier this year. Uh, mostly uh, sunflower seeds uh, was the most um uh, and popular ingredient in there. And so they, they would come down and I had several, um, you know, several nice sites this summer of some, uh, some Cardinals that come into my yard. And I was happy about that. Yeah, kind of no, make me smile. Cardinals are nice looking uh, wild birds. Yeah. Yeah. Really so that's pretty bird. cool. I just never, when we were kids, uh, we had a couple little parakeets, I guess you call them. Yeah, we yeah. had blue boy and somewhere else, someone else, there was another one. Uh, they were, he was blue, obviously. The other one I think was like more green. Uh, she might've been green girl. I really don't know. <laughs> I know there's two of them and my mom and my mom had just remarried and we've got this family that come together kind of like a, the Brady bunch, if you will, really. Yeah. Um, because you know, uh, children were involved on both sides that become my, you know, really 
honestly, my brothers and sisters, and I said stepdaughter, that's basically my dad growing up, you know, for my brother and I. But we had a couple birds uh, all through grade school, you know. I don't recall. Seemed like once we moved to a bigger house um, uh, away from downtown area, I don't know if the birds uh, were served up for lunch one day or if uh, they died or they flew away, to be honest. Um, not trying to make a joke. I just don't remember what happened to them damn birds. I know we had them in grade school, but after that, they were gone. Yeah, so, I don't think I don't think those little budgery parakeets live very long. Uh, yeah. And they're, yeah. they're not super trainable or anything. They're just kind of pretty and they make a nice sound. Yeah. And, uh, and my brother may tell me when he listens back, he might say, Bob, don't you remember, uh, you know, one of them fell off the stoop and one of them fucking flew away. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway. my dad had this African gray parrot for a while and my dad threw some fucking raucous parties back in the day, you know? And so as a kid, I, we'd go over there every other weekend, and my dad was throwing parties on Friday or Saturday night, pretty typically. And okay. fucking this African gray parrot would get bored. He'd get out of his cage. He'd go in the kitchen where everybody's hanging out, and he'd start tipping beer bottles and start drinking beer when nobody was watching him. And he'd get <laughs> fucked up, shitty drunk, and then he'd start talking nonsense and walking into walls and stuff. <laughs> so you had to watch this fucking bird because he'd get shitty if if you if you weren't watching him he'd start stealing booze and he would get drunk. Jeez, and jeez, was, was it a sound like a pirate's bird? Oh, kind of, yeah. If you go look up an African gray sometime, they're kind of a stout, heavy but short bird, and they're like one of the smartest animals on the planet. They can, if you train them, they can get a vocabulary of like several hundred words, if I remember. Right. Wow. That's cool, man. Um, but yeah, he'd he'd get all fucked up and just kind of wander around and bang into shit. <laughs> squawk that his head like off. the life of the party, man. Oh yeah, he'd squawk <laughs> his head off and he'd like he'd just take random words and string them together and like nonsense. <laughs> it was really it was really uh, kind of. I mean, I don't think it's funny to get an animal intoxicated, but when I saw this happen that time, I was just like, this might be the funniest thing I've ever seen. You know, this is fucking crazy. Man. Well. I don't know if this is funny or not, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and tell you. So, uh lady has a talking parrot, you know, and this goes back to your toe joke. Just you know. <laughs> lady has a talking parrot. She goes to work that day. Knock comes on her door. <laughs> the player says, who is it? <laughs> it's the plumber. I come to fix your sink. <laughs> About a half an hour later, knocks on the door. Paris says, who is it? Guy says, it's the plumber. I come to fix your sink. Guy does this throughout the whole day, just knocking on. He's fucking exhausted. Finally, just fucking passed out, dies right on the fucking front steps. The lady comes home and says, oh, my, who is it? The Paris says, it's the plumber. He came to fix the sink. <laughs> There's your dad joke. Those, yeah. <laughs> So, anyway, let's get the fuck out of these bird jokes and toad jokes. Uh, Won't you tell them where they can find us at, Jeremy, on social media? Oh, God, yeah. Um, you can find us. Well, you can find me at The Geekish Cast. You can find Bobby at BobbyBlaze744. You can find our joint account at Belt Bell Blaze. Uh, there is also a group and a page on Facebook under belt bell blaze and you can get to our website by going to beltabellblaze.com um we are planning on building the website out more but we actually need to do something with it but f- for the time being 
The groups on Facebook are probably the best place to just stay up to date with what's going on, and Twitter's probably the best way to interact with us. Yes, yes. Very well, very well, and I love that. We always get a lot of positive feedback after our shows, and we appreciate it very much. Very much. So, now this next one, we're moving right along here. Thanks for plugging our social media sites. Um, I heard this story, Jeremy, and I'll let you tell it too, um, the way you got the notes written down. We're going to bring in a rat, and that is happens to be George the Rat, that apparently Jim Cornette owned, that he let Mankind, when he, Mick Foley was doing the Mankind gimmick, used down in those, I guess he was down at a, uh, where Tex used to hang out, the down in the boiler rooms yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So uh, tell us a little about George here. Well, George was a big black rat with a gigantic long tail and balls the size of the Empire State Building, apparently. <laughs> you, uh, you, if you listen to Jim Cornette's podcast, you will often hear Jim Cornette go on about his lovely old pal George the Rat and his gigantic balls and some kids were fucking around yep. on on so like George uh, George um Jim and his wife were driving somewhere and some kids were fucking with them so <laughs> Jim grabs yeah, the I think rat, it was in Philly or something some shit yeah grabs the rat and holds it yeah. up with his George's gigantic swinging balls were right there and fucking started fucking <laughs> with the kids with this rat who the kids left him alone after that but Jesus yeah. Christ, rats are creepy, and a black rat with giant balls is is creepier, you know. <laughs> and no, I've never met George the Rat in any of my dealings with Jim Cornette. So, uh, and I'm thankful for that. I'm not a fan of the rat. Um, if that's your gimmick, more power to you. I don't want mice. I don't want rats. <laughs> you know, that's just it. But um, well, and if I remember yeah. hearing right, somebody somebody even said that when that rat died. Jim Cornette was busted up and like took a day off of work too. And Jim Cornette's not like well, he, he loves his pets, man. Yeah. And Jim you Cornette's know? like he will go to work sick enough to shit his pants in the ring. <laughs> you know, he he said he was he had he had a yeah. stomach flu one time, took a bump and shit his pants and kept going. But his yeah, rat died, well. and he's like, I can't, guys. I'm I'm emotionally distraught. I'm gonna have to take today off. Well, we do draw attached to our animals, you know. Yeah, and if absolutely. that's your pet. Uh, if a rat's your pet and you grow, uh, you know, love it and emotionally attached to it or whatever, then, uh, you know, it's, it's going to hurt you a little bit. So sometimes those animals, as you know, uh, become part of our family. They become our family, you know. Oh, absolutely. So I just, myself, I have, of the, on this list, um, there's several of these animals I would not want to own, you uh, know. There's a so. whole bunch on here, you know. <laughs> I, I hate. No, hates on rats creep me out. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I mean, I've been around them. I've pet one before. They just give me the fucking willies. I'm, yeah. So nasty little. Dog. I saw the world's largest rat, Jeremy. Yeah. It was at the uh, yeah. I think it was at the Boyle County Fair. Um, that's in Danville, Kentucky, if I'm not mistaken, in that county down that way. We had a Smoky Mountain Wrestling show. Now, I don't know if this was a slickster from New York City trying to tell people that they could pay a quarter to see the world's largest rat, but you have to realize you're dealing with people from Kentucky. And when you stepped up there, the guy had a fucking possum in there. <laughs> 
Pretty slick gimmick, pal, but that's not the biggest fucking rat. That's a possum. <laughs> and uh, so I guess it worked in some places, but it didn't work there. And we were on the, the quote, you know, the little midway or whatever you call it that they had set up for this county fair. And it was, you know, it's, this was back in, you know, 90... 495 something like that you know it's just um i think i think most people realize oh for a fucking quarter when everything else is a dollar and stuff it was just a sideline little gimmick that was that was a fun thing i don't recall anyone getting hot about it most of the guys i think guys is me and uh, my, my friend bill was refereeing some and uh, headbangers i think we all walked through there together and just had a big laugh like fuck you you got us you know and a guy just you know one of them carny people just like eh, okay guys you know fuck off Next, you know, kind of thing. No heat or anything. Yeah. So, um, anyway, I saw a possum once <laughs> in a wash basin <laughs> that, uh, you know, was the world's biggest rat. But um, I don't want any part of rats. I hate rats, man. Yeah, I really I just, do. They, 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 they just give me the, the squealies. I just don't, yeah. do not like them. I just yeah. discovered that the largest rat breed in the world is called the Sumatran bamboo rat. And their bodies without a tail... 20 inches in length. Ah, oh, jeez. They look like beavers too. They uh um, yeah. they got little beaver teeth. Uh, they're they're yeah, they're pretty creepy looking. See, one of the things I I don't want to go to Louisiana very often for is they have those things there called nutria which are just giant swamp rats. And those, those uh, things are okay. nasty. Yeah. Nasty little bastard. I guess they go out at night well, on boats and shoot the damn things. <laughs> well, I know uh, years ago here, um, I don't know if anyone still does it, young boys and stuff, but you have to tuck your your pants legs in your socks or tape them down or tie them down shoelaces, and you they, people would go out and shoot them here behind uh, some of the uh, uh, downtown here at the shopping center, and uh, they – just hearsay from guys, a little, probably a couple years older than myself that would do it. Uh, they run right up your damn pants leg and stuff, you know, because they they go down there and hit them lights and rats going everywhere. Mm-hmm. You got, but you know, this is this again. These guys were probably, I was probably fourteen, fifteen, and they were probably like twenty, twenty-one year old. So guys, you know, just a few years ahead of me, guys that are out of high school, uh, was something to do in a small ass town that had a shopping center, you know. Um, so we would go down there, me and my buddies, uh, we would go down, uh, when we got our license and stuff just a couple years later, we never went down and try to shoot them or anything. It was fun though, to go down there and just flip your lights and you just see all these damn rats boom everywhere. Oh, it was yeah. down behind a Kroger's. There was a Kroger's and a, and a couple of cinemas theaters, you know, they actually had a pet store down there in that strip mall. But you know, every once in a while on a Saturday or something, you'd be out or maybe on a Friday after a game or something. And it'd be fun to, hey, turn in the parking lot there, and you go back behind it and hit your lights, and rats would go everywhere. And I was like, woohoo, small town, you know, Kentucky or whatever. Um, you know, unlike our cousins that were tipping horses in other small counties, or tipping cows, rather, we were just flipping our lights on to chase rats, you know. Yeah, I know. Never got out and chased them, of course. Probably the two generations older than me going to the dump with a 22 and shooting rats that was that was yeah a lot of fun for them yeah I'd, I'd heard that here in ashland too we had yeah. a big dump that people would talk about again as probably for me one generation of guys that are probably 10 years older than me now could probably tell us you know that the guys you're talking about are 20 years older than you like you said you know yeah. that group of guys would go do that kind of stuff so um 
Anyway, we're going on to something uh, a little bit more popular than a rat on, on this particular show. We had the Hillbillies with, with the Possum at number 10. We had Matilda with the Bulldogs at 9. Frankie with Coco at number 8. We just now talked about the rat at number 7. Is that correct? Yes. So we're going into number 6 here. And this is probably be one of the most memorable, probably, yeah. um, one on here, I would imagine. Uh, and that is... Jake the Snake Roberts having Damien, um, as you put on here, uh, probably the best use of an animal mos- mascot in pro wrestling. I have to agree with that. That that was over, man. Yeah, it was just that it, was over. It, it didn't matter if he was face or heel. That using Damien the way he used him, whether it was like you knock you out and drop it on you, or you know you're about to pull some dirty business, so he gets him out of the bag and chases you with him or whatever. You know, yeah. Just, yeah, you know, yeah. even even those times where it was just a vacuum hose in a bag. Um, yeah, it was well, I carried that. Yeah, I um, I uh, so I was over in Australia with Jake the Snake Roberts, and I probably told this story a time or two, uh, if not on this podcast. I, I think I hit it up on James just a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, so we went to Australia. The uh, I think Jake was coming from Puerto Rico and Puerto Rico to L.A. and then L.A. to you know Sydney or. Uh, by the time he got there, nonetheless, the snake he was had at the time died. So, uh, yeah. So I don't know that first show, but I think he got there a day late, um, which which would have put him a day of the very first show because we all arrived several days in advance before the show started. But um, uh, he had decided to stay in L.A. Uh, for whatever reason. I can't imagine. Um you know, you know, this, Jake, this what are you going to do, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, so I, they had some garden, not garden hose, but like some pool hoses and stuff, and they, they made it work. But eventually got a hold of, a, you know, people in entertainment. The um, we, had a, we had a guy that done rock concerts. We had a guy that was a sponsor, uh, his, his company did, as well as one in lodging. Uh, that's why we got to stay at all the Ritz Carlton's and the Hilton's and a very nice tour, man. I mean, it was, it was excellent with all the store, uh, the stars that was on the show. We treated her very first class, but they got a hold of some animal, um, some uh, uh, rat, rat, we're back to uh, snake handlers, um, and no, not to kind of, you know, attend church in the hills of Kentucky, Jeremy, just saying. Um, you know, they, yeah. they, they got, um, they had a guy and a girl, and a girl mostly handled it, uh, had a snake for Jake to put into the bag and, you know, carry around. And um, we were in one town, and he had put it in the shower to uh, let it cool off. It's, you know, just, you know how they are. They like to stay. Stay back there and chill out, you know. Mm-hmm. And apparently it got loose because uh, uh, Kishi Yamada, also known as Jushin Thunder Liger, lets out in perfectly good English, Ah, oh, shit, snake, snake! <laughs> and it had went down into the drain of one shower and came out like, you know, several, I don't know, two or three feet away or through a wall into another shower, how much distance between there. And so it went down one, came up the other, you know, and then they ended up getting out of the toilet. However, you know, whatever it was, I don't know. It just, you know what I'm saying? It's one of those things that they got it. I don't know if they got it. They said if it went down a toilet, I don't know if it came up through the shower. Basically, they, 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 they it went in one, my understanding, you know, plumbing way to when I do. Yeah. It went down one shower stall basically and came up another, uh, as it would have done. And anyway, that's pretty funny to, to, you know, 
to see that, uh, hear about. I'm standing there. I heard I was in the actual locker room, but I did Hell, by the time they got it, I was out to the ring or watching the next match or whatever because I had the situation under control. Uh, and then in Smoky Mountain, I don't think I don't think there was a snake at all. Um, I did a couple TVs as Jake's henchman when I did the kendo gimmick, and I just had a, um, to the best of my recollection, to this uh, uh, dark bag. It was like a um, some kind of vent hose that's pretty thick, and it was all coiled up. Uh, don't know there was a vacuum like a home vacuum but it's a vacuum of some type you know a, a, a vent uh piping and tubing you know that looked pretty good it just you know wouldn't move uh you'd have to kind of you know shake the bag on your shoulder kind of thing whatever and uh, i was completely happy with that uh to be honest with you i didn't you know i didn't mind I, if, if i would have had to carry the snake in the bag i would have but um i didn't have to uh the, the couple of appearances i made and i was i was actually pretty happy about that jeremy i'm not gonna lie so um although my oldest son at one time he had four or five snakes back there in his room man he had he had several of them um you know from a python to uh the uh uh, boa constrictor he he had several back there and speaking of which jake had several too in addition to damon and i think you know uh besides the cobra um you the cobra's the one that latched on the macho man right yep okay and, uh, I, and you told me their names but i forgot their names uh you you smartened me up to them. well the cobra was lucifer okay lucifer um, okay and yeah, I mean, I, I I don't care how defanged and depoisoned a <laughs> goddamn cobra is. You're not letting the son of a bitch bite me. Yeah, apparently Randy Savage didn't want to bite him either. I can't, <laughs> I can't blame him. You know, um, I've actually been to like at one of the comic conventions where I did the uh, emceeing and stuff. Um, they had a wildlife animal thing there, and they had a cobra that they were showing. They can only strike in one direction. All this, this guy's handling this cobra, and I'm just like, dude, if that thing bites you, I'm just leaving. <laughs> you know, I'm not. <laughs> you're, you're on your own for being a damn fool at this point. You know. Yeah. You know, yeah. It just you know, and it looked oily as shit. I mean, it was god. It, no, nope, nope, nope. And then later. Jake, I don't know if you remember this, Bobby. Jake actually turned over a new leaf and became a Christian man for a while. And mm-hmm. he carried around a white snake that he called Revelation. Okay, yeah. I do recall that. I did not recall that name uh, for whatever reason. Because um, I should I should have known that name, but I do recall that snake. Um, yeah, and I know he made a, a transition there at one point in his life. Um, and then Stone Cold came and killed him. Uh, yeah, <laughs> come and killed if one of the um, come, uh, one of the greatest gimmicks of all time come out of that out of yep. the snake gimmick. Think about it. Yep. Uh, man, wow, that's talk about a snake getting you over right there, that's man. It. Yeah. Because <laughs> <Yeah, that's laughs> damn, uh, yeah, we had on our catchphrases uh, episode, I think. That was one of the top ones. Um, was it number one, maybe? Oh, I can't remember. I, I don't remember, but I'll tell you what. It probably sold more T-shirts than even the NWO did. Oh, fuck yeah. 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 That WWF slash E merchandising, the power of that thing is unreal, man. Um, marketing there. And that, yeah, I, that TV, that TV, that, that 
t-shirt has to rank way, way up there, man. Way up there. So, uh, Jeremy, I got some t-shirts on our, uh, you've put out there on our website, belltobellblaze.com. Speaking of t-shirts, we've mm-hmm. got the Pin Me, Pay Me shirt on there. I've got one. I worked this week, actually. Um, saw a couple more around town from some buddies of mine at bottom. I appreciate that. Um one of my other friends that are going to buy one, I said, well, I hope you do, man. And uh, we'll see. And also with uh, Sean out there, I've got the Kingslayer shirt. And that is on, um, that is on tinyrail.com slash blaze shirts. And he's going to uh, got a couple more shirts coming out as well. So I will make sure I can give him a quick plug. Oh, absolutely. Our, our, our friend uh, Sparks, Third Coast Spark. You know, so got to get him and Adam over. They'll be coming on the show uh, in a few months. Yep. And wait, time is going to be quicker. Be here before we know it. Boy, it but sure um, feels anyway, that way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but yeah, we got some t-shirts for sale. Jeremy uh, got the put that one up there. Gary Hart will cut a bitch, and uh, I. I saw someone uh, today, someone added me something on a tweet about that, about Gary Hart cutting a bitch. And they put a bunch of symbols with the razor and this and that. I'm like, yeah, uh, I don't recall who it was, or I'd give you a shout out. And I'm not reaching from phone and getting on Twitter right now during the podcast unless the professor said, Bobby, look that up. And I wouldn't. But yeah, um, so the Damon, Damon's over, man. Um, and next we go to. Well, you know, and, hold on, Bobby. Oh, go ahead. I'm going to drop in an anchor uh, spot here. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Where we're at, we're moving on to our top five, I guess, aren't we? Yes, we we are, and um, I cut you off. Do you want to do this one? Nah, hell, I don't care. You cut me off. I ain't going to get mad about it. All right. Uh, Nope. uh, I don't take it personally, my friend. We're professionals here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Why don't you introduce it? Well, the number five here is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and what they call the Komodo Dragon. Once or twice, I swear it was a baby alligator. Um, <laughs> the thing with Komodo dragons is that their mouth is so full of bacteria that if they even nick you with your tooth, you go septic within a minute and die. Uh, um, so, so I doubt it was an actual Komodo dragon. It could have been a monitor dragon. I've seen pictures that make it look like he had at least two different critters he was carrying around. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of cool when he first introduced him because, like, you know, I was younger, so for me it was like, oh, see, he's got, he's beating uh, Jake the Snake at his own game. He's got his own nasty goddamn reptile creature, too. Right. And at least right. this has legs, so it's not some belly crawling fucking aberration of before the eyes of God. <laughs> um, yeah. But it was kind of cool. But yeah, as, as I was looking into it a little bit more, I knew it wasn't going to be an actual Komodo dragon just because, again, the bacterial load is just. Un, yeah, un, unattainably or untenably high to work with. So I figured, oh, yeah. it'll turn out to be a monitor lizard. But then the first five pictures I saw, it looked like a baby alligator. So hmm. I'm thinking they just kind of everywhere they went, they that morning they'd get up, go to reptiles or us, and go, hey, what do you got that's really big? <laughs> yeah, like, oh, here, here you go. Yeah, here we go. And then they would take that. Yeah. And you know, the thing is that the time frame we're talking about in the nineties here, when, uh, Vince really wanted people to have these gimmicks to go with them and stuff. Uh, I think, and I'm not trying to take anything away from that because of, of the, the creative genius that he is and the, the, the business and the turnover that, that WWF did with TV and stuff production that we've spoken about before, mm-hmm. not taking anything away from these animals, 
the the thing is to me, especially when it comes to right right here, the last two we've spoken about, Jake is one way um, because of the psychology used in the ring. Yeah, Ricky Steamboat was so fucking over as a baby face anyway, um, and I know he'd done the whole you know it's a gimmick there. I get that, um, and I'm definitely not putting down anyone for being. You know, make money in a professional wrestling business because that's what he wanted to do. But man, Ricky Steamboat was so fucking over. You know, we put him in our Hall of Fame as, you know, the first baby face in there, just so over, man. And uh, he didn't need a gimmicks while I was getting at. He had the best one going. He got himself over. You know, he had that oh, yeah. body, he had that look, and he can work. Um, talking, you know, okay. Yeah. He could get his point across. Um, but, you know, you add the dragon to it, he added the. Uh, I guess the big um, cape would be equivalent to you know something like with Flair's robes, oh, you know, and then wow. he and then he put the well. I'm just saying he added. He didn't just come out in the karate gi or this, you know, no, just a t-shirt or whatever. So he had he had he had quote more charisma, uh, charismatic, if you will, when he had the dragon and he blew the fire and those type things. More yeah. showmanship, but you know, they uh, got more to... showmanship. Do you remember that point where everybody had to be a wrestling some other profession? And yeah. they, they didn't call Tito Santana Tito Santana anymore. He was just El Matador. El Matador, <laughs> who I wrestled in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So you definitely remember that. Yes, um, I did, do. Did you have to eat the flying burrito? <laughs> I think I did. <laughs> but I'll tell you who could throw it better than him was Manny Fernandez. Oh, and yeah. when Manny Fernandez threw the flying burrito, you better, you know, hope your teeth are still in your mouth and intact when you come up from that. So protect yourself. Ooh. But no, Tito was so easy. Um, yeah, Manny could go, man. When Manny would throw one, you just watch out, man. He did that. He did the power bull off the second rope. That was a DDT off the second rope. It's called bull. Power, I think, is what he called it. But uh, no, Tito, when I wrestled him, man, dude, completely professional. Uh, you know, so Bobby, what do you want to, you know, anything special you want to get in? And, um, you know, just easy match. And I didn't run around, and he pulled the uh, cape up, and I ducked out of the way like a bull or anything. None, <laughs> none of that. Just a simple couple of arm drags and some arm lockups, and, and very easy, and, and then the finish. And in fact, um, and I don't know where it's at right now. Now, it is somewhere in one of these boxes around here at my house. Because I, I told my, my youngest son, I said, you're going to have that. The, one of those um, those WWF books, the Cyclopedia of Wrestling or uh, the History of the Business. And they come on, they're like $25 books. They're hard copies. And end up somewhere in Walden Books Bin or Books a Million. And they're there for $10, whatever. Oh, yeah, There's yeah. actually a very nice, it's about all the stars of WWF at that particular time. And I am using the word F there because that's what it was at this time. And that's, that's what this book is because it's not real recent um and inside of it they did an article on each person with a nice color picture or two and on el matadors there's one bobby smedley in there <laughs> uh, where's the royalties at motherfuckers <laughs> but no el matador I, I he's got me in an arm bar and i'm just been overselling for him you know and he's standing up there real nice and straight and you know just a real real nice colorful picture man in one of those big hardback books and uh so uh I'm in there. That's pretty cool. That is. That's um, actually really yeah. cool. It's um yeah, yeah I'll just share it with you, you know. Th yeah, there's a a similar thing. I had a great uncle who was at uh two POW liberations uh from camps in Japan. And there was a book that was rec uh recording the history of freeing POWs in Japan. 
and there was a picture of Jack Vilmer right in the middle of two of them. And I always thought that. And Jack died before I was born, so it was just kind of cool to see, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, and sure. So, you know, I could see like you know your kids just like, yeah, it's a wrestling book, but but here's the cool part, you know. Yeah, yeah. Check yeah. that out. But um, for a while there, Bobby, they they didn't even call him Ricky Steamboat anymore. He was just the Dragon. The Dragon. Yeah. The is, Dragon. That is just. Oh, I hate that shit. Professional yeah. wrestlers don't need another job. That's why they're professionals. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah, you're right, man. That's pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. Well, moving right along, this one here, um, this one I had no. If if you had told me this before, or I had read this before, I'm drawing a complete uh, blank, Jeremy. To be mm-hmm. honest with you, I'll announce it. You tell me about it. How's that? Okay. Bruno wrestled an orangutan. Yeah, um, apparently, okay. <laughs> apparently early in Bruno's career, um, he wrestled an orangutan, <clears throat> and I guess the match went 25 minutes. Oh, wait, is, did it go no. 25 minutes? I, I can't remember the length. Of no, he got, five, he got $25 for, for each five, five minutes. minutes. That's what it was. Okay. And so he was young, he was relatively new to the business, and he just figured, yeah, I'll take it. Well... This was an untrained orangutan, so it was just a big, mean ape. And, yeah. Um, Bruno, you know, said if he he was told going in that he was going to be wrestling a monkey, so he expected mm. a much smaller animal. Um, of course, what they don't think of when that kind of shit happens is a monkey will get a hold of your face with its teeth and rip it off. But you know. Yes, I was going to I was going to bring it up, man. That's not that is not the kind of animal you want to fuck with. Yeah, they're really not. Apes and monkeys, you don't really yeah. mess with. Um, he said it was painful, it was unsafe, and he would have never done it again knowing what he had known or being in a different situation in his life. Uh, yeah. So he got about $75 out of the deal, it looks like, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Was that about? I think that was about it. Because it only went a few minutes. Cause, yeah, he said 15 minutes, maybe. Yeah. So that'd be 75 bucks. Yeah, and I have to um, assume late 50s, early 60s. So 75 yeah. bucks was, uh, you know, one and a half months worth of groceries. Oh, yeah, hell. And I tell you, though, I... You just don't see us more often uh, because I wouldn't want to see it. If you, no. I don't care how well that monkey's trained or that orangutan or an ape or gorilla or any of that. Those things are ungodly strong, man. Mm-hmm. Um, the the muscle mass and the strength that those animals have, uh, I just wouldn't want to fuck around with, man. There's just no way. There's yeah. no way. Um, and of course that story, it went around a few years ago about the lady that had one in New York. I mean, she kept the motherfucker on Xanax and wine all day and it still ate her fucking neighbor's face off, you know, like fuck that. Uh, why you shouldn't be having one in your home anyway. Um, but, but I definitely wouldn't want to wrestle one, probably anything on this list. Uh, that'd be something I just would not want to wrestle with, uh, or fuck around with a monkey or an orangutan and definitely not a gorilla or an ape, you know, well, look an orangutan, um, if it gets a hold of you, they're like six times stronger than a human being. It can literally pull, yeah. your, pull your limbs out like you pull the wings off of a fly if you're a psycho. Oh, yeah. 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 That's what uh, they say. They say, and they also say they go for your nuts. They go for your manhood. Oh, I, I um, wouldn't doubt it. Uh, you know? Yeah. Rogan's big on this. Uh, he is obsessed with um, the 
of all the stuff he talks about whenever it comes to this, you know, I listen to Joe Rogan podcast quite a bit. Um, and he's brought that fact up several times and, uh, he studied him a little bit, you know, as far as having a guest on there. He says he's he's not smart. He just retains what the guests tell him. Uh, you know, that's just his definition. What he says, but he, he he's a pretty smart cat. Yeah, and he talks about they go through they go for your fucking nuts and they go for your face. They don't fuck around. You know, no. um, and and then when you got a if if we're in a shoot type wrestling match, but we're not talking if there's no rules. Uh, because they wouldn't know the rules. A man going for your manhood and or trying to rip your face off your skin and has the tendon and ligament strength uh, and muscle strength to do so, it, that's just something I don't want to be around, man. <laughs> you yeah. know, not even in a controlled environment. And, and uh, uh, unless they're behind that glass over there at the zoo or something, which I don't even want to see that, you know, at this point in my life, but uh, not saying I'll never go to another zoo or anything. It's just saying that's not something I want to fucking see. You know, um, that's just me. I don't need to go up to the fucking, you know, monkey cages or whatever. I've been uh, there and done that. They're, they're nice. <laughs> and I definitely the, don't arrest them. The enclosures they have them in now are a lot nicer than they used to be. So yeah. Not, not yeah. as horrible as it was. Um, yeah, yeah. So wrestling in orangutan would be like having three pissed off Harley races trying to rip your dick off. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, just picture that. I don't want one of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, thanks. No, thanks. So, uh, all right, man, we're moving on right here. Mm -hmm. uh, Stu Hart wrestled a tiger. Jesus Christ. Uh, I don't know. You put this up here. It was a publicity stunt for Calgary Stampede and was done on behalf of the Calgary Fish and Wildlife Association. Yeah. Hey, look here, little bastard. You going to sell for me? I, uh, I know I can't do Stu Hart, but can you imagine this, him talking to the tiger like that? Well, like, or, or the... the uh, uh, just talking to it and the way he does and going, you're going to sell. Cause, uh, I'm going to put you in this hole right here. I'm going to uh, put my finger in your ear here and uh, my thumb's going to come out dry. You know, I don't know. <laughs> well, how much was it to work? Um, I, I don't know. Cause I don't know how much you can train a big cat. I, I you know, the exactly. Whole, the whole thing. I just, I, I see these things. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ. Now, when we get to something later, this will come up again. Stu Hart actually had a couple wild animals like that lived at the house, apparently. <laughs> and and it wasn't the wrestlers, not just the wrestlers. <laughs> okay, know? okay. Um, as as this story was unfolding, as I'm reading this about Stu having the tiger, that apparently just from the brief thing I saw, it looked like it lived with them for a bit. Jeez. Bobby, do you remember that story about the cat shitting on the counter and Stu flipping yes, away? Yes, of course. Now, and I meant to tell you on last week's podcast, mm -hmm. that was one of the stories that Bruiser Bedlam would tell. And he could do a good Stu Hart impression, just so you know. Oh, and so I've heard that story several times, but probably the best impression I've heard of it was Bruiser Bedlam telling that story about the cat shit and the scrambled eggs. Well, so now now when I'm picturing this, I'm imagining a tiger fucking around in the kitchen and dropping a big old <laughs> six-pound turd. And Stu just, yeah, get, get out of here. With shit. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, Jeremy, let's yes, let me sell a couple books oh, real absolutely. quick. How's that? Yeah, that's a great idea. Hey, all right, wrestling fans, here we go. We appreciate you listening to this podcast. And if you'd like to help this podcast in some small way, I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to beg. I'm not going to whine, cry, beg, borrow, or steal for your time. I'm just going to let you know some facts. If you would like to help sponsor us, 
podcast. There's a way you can do that when you purchase one of my books. The books are available on Amazon, but what the good professor has done, he set up a link that will give us a little bit of a kickback, and it's very little, uh, but it's still a kickback, and we appreciate it very much, and I get to sell a book, and I appreciate that. My first book is called... Pin Me, Pay Me. That's my first book. Pin Me, Pay Me, Have Boots, Will Travel. If you'd like to get that book, just please go to tinyurl.com slash blazebook1. And I'm looking at the T-shirt I wore this week, man. It's back in my rotation for tomorrow. Got a nice T-shirt off the website, belltobellblaze.com. You can get the T-shirt there or you get the book there as well. But again, it's tinyrell.com slash blazebook1. My second book, I kicked out on two, The Educational Wrestler. That's the one I was trying to say a while ago. Um, it is available, again, through Amazon or through our link on the um, the uh, .com link there. Or you can go to tinyrell.com slash Blaze Book 2. That's how simple it is, and you can get a copy of that. Now, if you're a long-time listener, which I appreciate all of you being long-time listeners, or if you're a new listener and you've bought our book, please leave me a review. If you have not bought a book, do yourself a favor and buy one, because I'd appreciate it, and a professor would appreciate it, especially if you use the links. And Christmas will be here before you know it. Um, buy one for the wrestling fan in your family, or on your friendship link, or someone that you know that you think would enjoy this book, because uh, the Pin Me Pay book is averaging out at about a 4.5 star rating on Amazon reviews, and I appreciate that. And the um, I kicked out on two's ranking about four or two, I think, something like that. Um, so good reviews on it. Um, I don't manipulate the reviews in any way. I don't comment on them. Other, if I know someone personally have bought one and left me one, I tell them thank you very much and I appreciate it. Because I, all I ask for is a fair and honest review of the book once you've read it. So um, help us along there and help the podcast out by going to tinyrl.com slash blazebook1 or slash blazebook2 and pick up your copy of Pin Me, Pay Me, or um, I Kicked Out on Two at your earliest convenience. I appreciate it very much. Yeah. Yep, indeed. Um, yeah, and you know what? There are more people watching wrestling now than having a long time. It's a good time to catch up on, on stuff like this. Uh, so go check out Bobby's book. Buy it for yourself. Buy it for a friend. Buy it because the show would appreciate it. Um, yes. Let's uh, let's keep rolling here, Bobby. Yeah. Okay, I'll announce this one once again. Um, you had to smart me back up on this one because it took me a hot second, and then I recalled you telling me about the match. So that is Al Snow and Pepper, because I think of Al Snow and Head, and, but we're doing animals. Okay, well, so, so Pepper, <clears throat> what was Pepper? Tell smart well, me up, Pepper. Well, so so uh, let's let's drop briefly back to Al Snow and Head. Okay, um, Walmart quit carrying his toy because of head. Okay. So they gave him a new mascot, Pepper the Chihuahua. And somehow I did not know this. Yes. <laughs> no, I knew I knew he had a pepper at one time or a mascot or something, but so Walmart stopped selling head. Stopped selling. You can no longer get head at Walmart. Couldn't get head there anymore. So because he couldn't get head, he went for Pepper. Um, okay. <laughs> Pepper did something to piss off the big boss man. So the big boss man kidnapped 
killed, cooked, and fed Al Snow his own dog. Oh, jeez. Sounds like something Mr. Fuji would do. Um, but Mr. Fuji would do it and laugh. Big, oh, boss, okay. you know, big boss man was just being a dick. Mr. Fuji would call it a joke or a rib, you know. Um, which led to one of the worst gimmick <laughs> matches of all time. Yeah. They they filled the outside <laughs> of the cage with a bunch of dogs who just continued to shit, piss, and fuck everywhere around the ring. And so it was a dog. Wait, was the dogs inside the cage? So there's the cage. Not hooked up to the ring, so a cage around the ring on the floor. Yes, that's why I was yeah. trying to recall. Yes, I got you. And then they've got <laughs> they've got dogs in that space between the... There's a dog kennel match. Yeah. They've got dogs in that space. And they said the dogs didn't look angry or antagonistic or anything. <laughs> they just kind of wandered around and pissed and shit. And yeah. a couple of them even like took time to breed while they were out there. Oh, jeez. And <laughs> that was apparently... In the books is one of the worst gimmick matches of all time. Now, okay. I want to say the idea of showing somebody, even if they're a heel, kidnap, steal, kill, and cook somebody's pet is one of the stupidest and most horrifying th- things I can imagine the WWE has ever done. Yeah, it sounds like it. It just, it just, it, it's up there with it's in is as poor a taste. As the Brian Pillman gun shit that they pulled. Okay. And it seems to me my best memory is just what you have talked about on this program with me to spark me up about it mm-hmm. uh, during that time period. That and Tex, when Tex was, you know, I spoke to Tex some. Um, that's just, I, I just must have really blocked that out of my mind. I can see the cage and see the dogs, but again, I think I'm just uh, uh, vicariously living it through you telling me about how bad this match was and stuff, to be honest just, with you. Just the and whole- the dogs fucking in the oh, cage and just the whole all thing that. but but pepper was a cute yeah. little chihuahua and i you know little yappy dogs kind of they're not always my thing but then every time i get around one i'm like oh what a cute dog um but yeah <laughs> so briefly al snow had had pepper the chihuahua and then yeah. the big boss man old ray trailer went full dick on him yeah. yeah well my best friend growing up his grandmother had a chihuahua named chico and that bastard that was one mean little bastard of a dog let me tell you um i'm not gonna say what happened to chico sometimes when uh annabelle left the room that was though annabelle's dog um that was danny's my my best friend dog uh grandmother annabelle and um yeah uh that dog was mean he's a racist dog oh that's he was Yeah. yeah yes he was he was but um, anyway, enough for the, we had, a, we had, my brother will kill me if I don't fucking bring this up. We had a dog named Sally. Um, mm-hmm. uh, when, let's see here, I don't know exactly how Sally came into the picture, but at some point we had a fucking little chihuahua too. And I, I just, I never liked them little bastards. I ain't going to lie to you. Um, I, shit, I just, the little nipping on your heel a lot of time and, Barking for no fucking reason. They take up spots on the couch. You sit down on by accident. I mean, never mind. Let's go on to the uh, runner-ups. All right. <laughs> Before we get to number one. All right. You want to you want to tell us who our first runner-up is? Yes, I do. I thought this guy would actually make the list as a character himself and as an animal himself, and that is George the Animal Steel Man. Um, I think that's a great gimmick, 
no gimmick required other than go out there and you're educated, you teach school, uh, paint your, let your hair grow out on your back like you normally would, keep your head shaved and paint your tongue green and act like a goofball and run around a ring and eat the turnbuckles and just be a fucking complete animal. And you might get over it. And he did. Yeah. So I like that, man. Uh, George the Animal Steel. Honorable I, mention. I, I always always find that story about him teaching school in one area that didn't get his wrestling on TV just so he could keep his life separate. I always yeah. thought that was pretty cool, you know. Um, yeah, George Steele, he looked like he was wearing a vest made out of human body hair. It was the weirdest yeah, thing, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and, remember, uh, he got over though. Oh, he did. He was a huge star. And look, I'll always remember him chasing Elizabeth and trying to get her away from mm-hmm. Macho Man. And, and he had a gimmick, I think it's called mine. Remember he had some yeah, little thing. I uh, kind of remember. I don't it. remember. Yeah. Is this something? And I don't remember exactly what it was. A little, maybe a little clown or, uh, mime, uh, you know, a mime gimmick. I don't know. It's something, but Anyway, he he did carry something at one time. Yeah, I mean, I vaguely remember it, but not real. Yeah, I'm, I, that's me. I, I, I'm drawing a blank exactly, too. I just know it's, he's going around saying mine sometimes during that time period. All right, well, who else made the list on honorable mentions? All right, the number two runner-up on our animals in wrestling is Gorilla Monsoon. Nice. Yeah. Deservingly so. Yep. Gorilla. Big wow. Old, big old Sal. Yeah. He, uh, yeah. Gorilla Monsoon, um, you know, for me, I I know him better as as the play by play guy, and you know that yeah sort of thing. yeah he, sure you know, he wrestled a little bit before I was born and was kind of like coming out of wrestling yeah before I'd really started to watch national wrestling at all. Um, but, yeah, that's me. I go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, no, I was gonna say, but he, you know, the the name Gorilla. I don't know how we don't how we don't include right you know? right. I mean that. To me, I recall, and it wasn't until later on, uh, of him doing the airplane spin on Muhammad Ali. That would be something I saw where he had some ring action. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I saw if they might have you know played something back when I was may have been watching something WWF WWF related or something back in the day. I don't recall it. Most of my memory are of you know the play by play, and of course the gorilla position being named after him. Go stand there before you go up behind the curtain, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we had to put him on this with a name like that, and we're talking animals. You have to put him on that list, man. And so that's our that's our two honorable mentions. I I know people say, well, what about so and so, so and so? But we 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 just kept it to a minimum here, just to. Um, uh, you know. Oh yeah, because we could have we could have included Road Warrior Animal, Road yep. Warrior Hawk, uh, yep. Animal from Junkyard Dog. Junkyard Dog. I was thinking Junkyard yeah, Dog. You animal know, but, from the Muppet uh, Show. And I know our fans love him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Actually, we have a huge <laughs> Junkyard uh, Junkyard Dog fandom here. I was gonna say Animal yeah, from the oh, Muppet yeah. Show. I heard he had a tryout when they took Manhattan back in the late seventies. You know, we could have added plenty, but see, here's the thing, Bobby. We we have so many slots that we have to work with, yeah. And uh, you know, we have to be right. That's the other thing. Yes. All our answers yes. are correct, and there you go. That's right. Yeah. We might not always be right, but we're never fucking wrong. That's it. <laughs> okay, number one, number one. What we did on this one here, we're gonna name a couple of them, but mainly, uh, we're gonna go with Ginger, the Bear. 
as number one. And I picked Ginger. Um, we're just going based with the wrestling bear. And that goes way, way back in the earliest of times of professional wrestling. Someone would train to get a bear and train a bear. Uh, some of them used the muzzle. Some of them didn't. Some declawed them. Some didn't. But Ginger the bear was the one that the old ICW used that um, around Kentucky and, uh, you know, the places they ran. Uh, they had... Um, They'd bring it to the show, and they would actually let the fans, if you were 18 years or older, you could participate in wrestling ginger. And they did that in Ashland, Kentucky, and uh, they did it all throughout, I'm just saying. Uh, Back then, uh, they they ran towns an hour away from here. Some people, some of the older people, uh, guys that probably... 10 or 12 years older than me, they may have, some of the wrestling fans I knew from just playing sports against the, some of the older guys, they may go to a show occasionally outside of Ashland and say, oh, you know, basically the same show, but no one broke what was, you know, back then kayfabe. They didn't come back and it was, it was we weren't smart to it, but we also didn't like, you know, we was like, oh, okay, really? And that that's it. We yeah. didn't, you know. And uh, so Ginger wrestled out throughout Kentucky and in our hometown here, they had to be 18 years old and basically, um, you know, you got up in a ring there, and man, she'd raise up on her back legs, and you know, uh, that's all she wrote. Just one spot, she knocked. You know, I remember one boy think he was a senior, and uh, uh, he he just just the paw with hardly any pressure at all, just pushed him away, and that was his experience. You know, because he was kind of our little group, and he was old enough to do it, and it was like uh, he didn't stand a chance or anything like that. You right. know, it's just one of those things like I did it, I did it. You know, and everyone's laughing and cheering, of course. But um, uh, also the one of the funnier things I saw was on um, the Sheik's show. Uh, uh, maybe two years after that, uh, at the Huntington Civic Center, um, and and I do know I'm going to give you a little bit of history about this uh, uh, bear. Um, the uh, a guy was in an, and I don't think he was an Indian or a Native American, but a guy was doing the gimmick. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a chic show, so you know he had him and Bobo, and he had you know different people on a show. Well, they did a battle royal with the bear. And uh, this guy, Jeremy, was probably six foot tall and 101 pounds wet. Um, He just was tall and skinny guy, probably just turned 18 and probably was just someone's kin there in the back go out there and dress as an Indian kid and we'll get you over tonight or whatever. I don't know. But, um, man, he was standing right beside the ropes and that bear was just moving in a circle and they had ones pretty much jumping over the top rope and getting the fuck out of there. You know, just one of those things that you do at the end of a show. And he was trying to get through the ropes. He was so scared throughout that two or three minutes they was in there or when they were in there. And he was between the top and the middle rope trying to escape, uh, on his own. And that bear just kind of hauled ass towards him and bumped him. And man, I mean, you know, just kind of nudged him, but it was enough. It knocked the guy. Uh, he couldn't control his own bump getting out of the ring, and he hit that concrete floor pretty damn hard, you know. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, it just just to show you the strength. Like I said, the guy wasn't very big at all. Anyway, someone that's filling in on a show for the Sheik. Now the bar, the bear man, Dave McKinley, McKinley uh, from Canada. Uh, there's a really good book by Jim Friedman, who's an uh, anthropology professor at Western University in London, Ontario. Um, he's got a book, and it's called um, 
Drawing Heat. And I read that book. Um, my good friend, uh, Daniel Little Bear from up in um, uh, Toronto, but he ended up living out in the uh, Maritimes and wrestling out there quite a bit, becoming a referee. He loaned me that book one summer when I was up there, and I read it. It's really because most of the book is about the Bear Man and um, and how he started up in Canada. And he was the one also, like I said, brought down uh, at one point. He's the one that was bringing it down to uh, the United States for the Sheiks. Um, so that's at least two bears there that we know about. The one for ICW and the uh, the one up in Canada. So uh, we also know get ready to have a shot. Uh, Ron Fuller Welch talks about you know his family owning a bear. He if you listen to his mm-hmm. podcast, he tells a pretty good story. Um, about you know his dad owning a bear, or I think it was his grandfather owned a bear, and his dad you know, come home from school one day and was going to show off. I don't know. You can go listen to podcast. Uh, two other bear names I found was uh, some pictures of Gentle Ben, and I found some pictures of um, Terrible Ted. And Terrible Ted was apparently out in the west coast of Canada and and, and come down to the United States some out there too. And um, the only other thing I want to say about the wrestling bears and, and get Jeremy back into the conversation, there's also um, a couple good pictures, Jeremy, of uh, our good friend Tracy Smothers, man. I'd, I'd always heard he wrestled a bear. He wrestled down in Alabama. There's a really good baby face picture of uh, Tracy Smothers, Smothers standing beside a bear, um, probably you know right, right around the time he wrestled it or probably shortly before wrestling it because um, it's just a really good picture and uh, that's pretty cool man when you know someone that's wrestled a bear you know so but Tracy uh, you know held his own from what I heard oh so, yeah well anyway um, there were yeah there were a number as I was doing some quick reading I, yeah. just, I was finding a number of bears apparently in the south here in America it was huge like bear wrestling was a big deal uh, for like you were talking about where it was just open to anybody hey Pay yeah. a nickel, come wrestle a bear. Yeah. If you win, you know, you get spanked by yeah. virgins or whatever the yeah. fucking prize is. Malenko wrestled a bear. I mean, sometimes they'd have the wrestler wrestle a bear. Like I said, I'd, I'd heard oh, stories yeah. about him wrestling it. Um, as the story goes, you know, he got behind it or whatever. I don't know. I don't think he rolled it up or anything. Uh, but, you know, it's just one of those things you, you know, you hear other guys, like I said, personally, I knew him and, uh, he didn't talk too much about it. Oh yeah. I got behind it. It's about what he said, you know, yeah. <laughs> it was like, like Bobby, there's nothing older than yesterday's newspaper. I mean, you know, so uh, that's, was one of his sayings, but, uh, Tracy, you know, once while I'd be brought up and I'd be around him and someone would bring it up and they'd go, Oh yeah. You know, um, that's pretty cool, man. You know, but, uh, like you said down here, they just let people sign a waiver and you jump up there and skedaddle out of there, you know. And a waiver you go. Yeah, there you go, my man. That's yeah. it. So I think we had a pretty good list of animals. I mean, the bear has to be number one. Like you said, we know there's more than ones we named out there uh, and that was training stuff. But, uh, again, that's our top ten animals in pro wrestling. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Man, I know uh, we kind of threw this together Um with uh just trying to think about like what what haven't we done yet what can we do and man uh, uh jeremy had an idea on some no shows and i was like yeah that goes one way and um jeremy i was actually i fed the birds earlier in the day and believe it or not i have a couple of these uh stray cats man running and roaming through my neighborhood they're not rocking and rolling but uh they're here nonetheless and um i feed them cats sometimes and uh uh I was sitting there last night 
I said, when I got home, we text each other. Let me let me give you some thought on this. And I started feeding them cats. And I said, how about animals? And you're like, what about them? <laughs> and we started shooting ideas back and forth to each other. And that's how we arrived at this top 10 list, which is perfect as it always is. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, actually, man. it was a lot of fun. I did notice that Gentle Ben, of course, there was a TV show starring Clint yeah. Howard called Gentle Ben. Um, Clint Howard was the little brother of Opie. He was also the weirdest yeah. looking actor in human history. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, that, that was a fun one. Stu Hart apparently had a bear that lived with the family for a while. Uh, okay. Um, and I guess Teddy Hart has, you know, so was that Stu's grandson or great grandson, um, has a habit of bringing his just regular domesticated kitty cats to the ring with him sometimes. Okay. Um, you know, like I've I think Abe Lincoln wrestled a bear. Yeah. That's what I heard. I don't know. It's probably on the internet somewhere. Remember, there was that thing back long, to, you know, probably about the same time that bear wrestling was a really big deal was the boxing kangaroo thing, too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you got to watch out for their tails, man. Oh, yeah. That's what'll hit you. They get you fat tail shit. They'll kick the living shit out of you too. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. So anyway, a lot of wild animals out there, man. A lot of wild animals out there. Well, uh, and there's some. Um, what I was to say. Remember, you don't want to get by bit by a Komodo dragon. No, that's a nasty set no, of death. Bacteria in the mouth. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't. I've been bit by a dog a couple of times. Just so you know. I sure have. Once I, on the back of a calf. Did I ever tell you? I I, I got to share this story just talking about fucking wild animals, okay? A number of years back. I mean, obviously, my dad's been dead for a while. A number of years back, I get a call one day. Say, hey, Jeremy, what's going on? Oh, not much. How about you? Said, well, I just had to get some rabies shots. <laughs> what? I, said, I had to get some rabies shots. Said, Why did you have to get rabies shots? Oh, my friend so-and-so, they uh, trapped a fox on their oh, property. Oh, God. Uh, okay. He goes, well, so I went out to look at it, and the damn thing bit me. I said, how did a fox in a trap bite you? He goes, well, it's when I picked him up and tried to pet him. <laughs> Jeez. Fuck, man. That yeah. was my dad. That was my dad. He, he tried yeah. to pet a wild bat if he was given the opportunity, you know? Jeez, no. Anyway, man, I guess that kind of should be closing out our program here shortly. Yeah, we should probably um, call it quits for the day. I think we're we're yeah. hour twenty something right now. Okay, uh, you can edit that one thing out where I stumbled over the books that I so finally uh, should recall and don't every week. <laughs> I'll, I'll see if I can get rid of some of that. Yeah, we're in an yeah. hour thirty one. So yeah, let's um, let's let's uh, Bobby, let's get the fuck out of here. All right, for good people. Thank you, wrestling fans, for tuning in. We appreciate you each and every week for tuning in to the Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze. Uh, be good to other people, and especially be good to yourself, please. You deserve it. Mm-hmm. Everybody remember, don't use a monkey gimmick. And for the late Tex Johnson, myself, Professor Jeremy Vilmer, and Arn Anderson's favorite enhancement talent, Double B, Bobby Blaze. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>